Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Right. So welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I have Clayton Olson, my co-host here. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. We are going to talk about something that I think is a really important concept for us to, to bring to the table because we're talking about breakups today and, and not just breakups with our romantic relationships, but also what it means to break up with a, a role, what it means to break up with a part of yourself, what it means to break up with, you know, in a way who you are as a person. And, you know, what the, how we know when it's time to do those things, like what to do afterwards, how to handle all of the emotional turbulence. And so I'm really, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today, Clayton. Yeah, me too. Me too. I I think that this is, breakups can be one of the most devastating transitions of someone's life, whether it's like having the courage to walk away from a position in a company that's no longer working for you, breaking up a, a business relationship, breaking up an intimate relationship. The amount of emotions that can get released during this time period, it's almost like the Kraken gets released and we're confronting something within us that maybe we haven't seen, maybe something that we haven't felt to an intensity that we don't even know what to do with, where it can feel like death and annihilation. So I think there's a lot of charge around this and super excited to dig in and just unpack and see where it goes. Yeah. And I think that thing that you just said, that death and annihilation thing, I think that's why it's so important for us to have this conversation is because the moments of death, everything from the small deaths where something doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, maybe you lose a sale or something like that, or you, you know, you, you go on a date and it doesn't work out the way that you want to, to like the bigger deaths where you like, you, you've had a career for many years and deciding to leave that for whatever reason you're going to leave it or, you know, actual like losses and deaths that we have in our families, all of these things can be seen as some kind of breakup. And there's almost like a a small shattering that happens. And to the extent, you know, to the degree to which we are emotionally impacted or the size of the, the breakup for us, that's the degree to which we have some sort of like personal death or annihilation, some sort of like breaking open. So I think there's a lot of opportunities, but I think it's like a challenging part of life for people. And so if we can create some new frames around it, I think it can really help people to be a lot more free in our reality. Yes. Yes. I love that. And something I want to just underscore that you said earlier in passing, which I think is incredibly profound, which is that when we're often going through a breakup and we can, we can talk about the external world moving, chapters closing, us walking away from positions, literally no longer being in proximity to someone that we love deeply, right? There's that emotional impact. But on a deeper level, a common denominator, which I think is important for us to bring to the table here is that we are also in some ways breaking up with an aspect of ourselves, either by choice or sometimes where it feels like we don't have a choice. 
And there is a loss that occurs. It could be a future vision of where we're going that's disintegrating. It could be a way of being that we thought was working, that we realize there's no more utility to it, or we've hit the limits of it. And so that losing of ourselves in the breakup, I think, is like it, it's it's common across the board, regardless of what's ending externally. Totally, absolutely. So let's get into it, and let's let's talk about when is it time when it's in our control. Obviously, there are breakups that happen to us; those deaths in the family, the breakups that happen to us, the firings from the job or whatever. But there are ones that are in our control. So does it make sense for us to start with like how do we know when it's time to break mm. up, and what do we mm. you know like because I, I think that's a question that we have a lot is like, oh, is it, isn't it? Should I, shouldn't I, you know, like I, I hear this a lot with clients sometimes when they, they're like, gosh, my business is, it's going really well, but like, I just, it's not quite there. And I, you know, I know that the same thing happens in relationships a lot too, like with interpersonal relationships. So, you know, what do you think? When is it time to break up? Yeah. I think this question is, you know, the, at first pass, when I hear you ask this question, I know that it is incredibly confusing and it's hard to know when anybody kind of should do anything. Right. Right. Because it's so, it's such a subjective journey. Right. Yeah. And it's like, so we can be in a relationship and some people will tough out a relationship that's not working for a year or two. And then suddenly that season passes and then it opens up to a brand new way of relating a brand new dynamic. And other people might break up because they don't have the perhaps desire to stick it through and kind of be in that stage for that long. They just, they they don't want to do it. It's not the growth that they want to do. So they choose to exit. And so, you know, I I look at it where, and and if I'm going to, so I'll just say that as like kind of a backdrop, but then I'll I'll bring it in a little bit more subjectively, subjectively to me and perhaps the, the orientation that I have towards this when I'm working with a client who might be contemplating this question. And it's, let's use whatever difficult situation you're in currently. And let's use it as a fulcrum to look at ourselves and to change our internal world to the best of our ability so that we can come into a place of acceptance of exactly what is. And then from that resourced Mm -hmm. place of, of seeing it maybe clearly, what you might find is that the dynamic actually shifts because there was ways in which you were behaving in the relationship and being in resistance to it or kind of instigating the fights or adding fuel to the fire that you didn't even see. That actually change the dynamic and allow you to stay in it because now you've you've created yourself as a different way, or oh. you get complete clarity. That's like oh wow no like this is no longer a match. I'm not going the same direction. This is not in line with my values, and now I can actually walk away from this with certainty, knowing it was the right decision. So step one, go internal, and then step two, change external. That's that would be my thought on this. But what do you think, and how does that land? Dude, I, I love that. And I, I I think of this almost as, and I think we've had this conversation before, probably not on the podcast, but the idea of like these crucible mm. moments. So the, the crucible, again, being that that tool that alchemists use to like break things down to their fundamental parts so that they can be built back up into other things, like to melt things almost. And uh, and I think of these, like these, these moments that happen in our lives where we, we put ourselves on the crucible or we are put on the crucible, however you want to look at it. And that we then break ourselves down to our fundamental pieces and build ourselves back up in some way, or we are built back up, however you want to look at it. But I think this idea of the, 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 the approach to a breakup as being though that kind of a crucible moment where we start to like understand what are we fundamentally. I love this idea because 
I'm sure people will have heard the expression, wherever you go, there you are, right? I love this idea of approaching an impending breakup with the idea first of like, how am I creating this situation exactly as it is? Because if we don't, if we don't address that inside ourselves, it doesn't matter where we go next. We will find ourselves in a very similar situation. And I, I experienced this so much when I was younger. I used to move around a ton and I would always be like leaving behind a place. But I was like, what I was doing was I unknowingly at the time was I was trying to leave myself, part of myself and imagine that I could like create myself in the differently in the new place. But without actually doing that self-work, if you can't handle yourself as you are, where you are, then when you go to the new place, it's not going to get any easier to do that. Yes. Yes. And people do that in relationship too, right? People change relationship again and again, in some ways, not realizing that they're the common denominator. And then when they hit that certain level of intimacy, suddenly it's the same type of challenge, the same feelings come up and it's like, oh, well, this must be the wrong relationship. So now I'm going to move on to the next one. So yeah, I love, I love this idea of like not chasing your tail and not, and what I hear you saying too, is you're taking radical responsibility for yourself, being a creator in the experience, really getting curious as to how am I manufacturing this experience that I'm having of the external world over and over again, looking at those contributions, doing your best to dismantle it and then making a decision from there. Yeah. Awesome. And it's almost like I I, I kind of see this just to kind of highlight it a little bit more. I almost see this as how can you get yourself okay with the situation as it is before you leave it? Like get yourself in acceptance of exactly as things are before you go try to find some, by try to change your situation so that you can find another result so that you can find your acceptance out there in some way. Because without doing that, again, we're just like, we're chasing, I love that chasing your tail yeah. idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the other thing that I like that you said was this idea of like, cause then even now, if we've come to know ourselves, if we've used the, the buildup to the breakup as a way to come to really understand what's important to us in the world and like who we are. And we, if, if we get to the point where we are okay with who we are as we are right now without leaving, we come into rapport with ourselves, right? And from that place, now we can make a clear-headed decision about what is and is not important to us in the world. And look, it doesn't mean it's going to be an easy decision necessarily, but it will be in alignment with who we are if we first take the time to come into rapport with ourselves, get okay with ourselves. And then we make a decision about do we, don't we break up? Yeah. Is this re- relationship serving the the me that I really want to be in the world? That sort of thing. Yeah. And it, what I'll name too is that what I've seen is the consequences of not doing that are one, which we've, we, we've explicitly stated, which is you run the risk of recreating the same situation over and over again outside of you. And also you run the risk of getting out of the relationship and then deep down regretting that maybe you made the wrong decision because you didn't use that external crucible, that, that that crucible that you were in as a way to do the work to get clear. And I see this happen where suddenly mm. people break up and they realize it's like, wow, you know, maybe I was responsible for this, right? Maybe like this is, I can see the ways in which I was creating that now because I've got perspective. And that's just a really tough place to be. And it's not to say that you can't survive that or grow through that, but it's just, I think it just adds sandpaper to an already difficult experience. And then you also have that in your history for the rest of your, like I, that was, I'm, I'm thinking of like my first girlfriend in college mm-hmm. who I loved so much, but I, it was like that, that we, that was what the end of it was like. And there's like, oh, there's this open loop in my mind for the rest of my life is just like, did I 
did I really show up the way that I wanted to show up in that situation? And like, how might my life be different otherwise, you know? Yeah. Which is why we use the crucible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So how yeah. about we transition now into those situations in which you don't have control over? Does that sound good mm-hmm. to, to move into that? So we, yeah, totally. we, we've talked about the ability to now kind of look at this and have choice. It, what, what feels like some real choice in terms of maybe, or let's just say you, you are the initiator of it. What about those ones where people are getting fired? People are getting broken up with by somebody that they really saw a future with and don't want the breakup. You don't, you're not in acceptance or rapport with the breakup. I mean, that is where all of a sudden now it feels like, wow, choice has been taken away from me and I'm left in a place of maybe blaming myself. I don't have a chance to necessarily be in the crucible of the kind of decision about whether to stay or go. But now I'm in a different crucible. I'm in the crucible of being in this vacuum of having to confront perhaps the consequences of a way that I was being in that, in that circumstance. What do you in, think in about hindsight? That? What, yeah. Now that I have no say in it anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot here and this is, and it's actually a couple of topics that I want to cover. Cause one of the things too, cause this is where we really start to see that breaking down of like our identity, a big part of what I think is so hard about getting fired, losing a loved one, having somebody break up with you from a relationship that you didn't see it coming is that we have this shattering of our identity. We have this, like I was, I was thinking of myself in a certain way. I was identifying with that job. I was identifying with that relationship. I was identifying with that, that the way that I showed up with that person in the world. And now all of a sudden I don't have that piece of me that like that relational piece of me in the world anymore who am I? I think is some of what is so painful about a breakup for people. Does that resonate? Does that that land? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's not only is it who am I now, but where am I actually going? Right. Because along with the breakup, we're not just losing an aspect of ourself. It may feel like, but we're also losing a future vision that our being has been orienting around for however long we've been in that. Whether we like to admit it or not, we're still thinking about, we're looking a couple years ahead and this thoughts just percolate in our mind around who we're going to be in five years with this person, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. And even when we have that, maybe it's not a perfect rose color image of, of perfection, but there's still a certainty that we get in the present moment, having at least an idea of where we're headed. And so with the breakup, we suddenly get tossed into this sheer vulnerability of the unknown. And we have to face uncertainty in the unknown in a way where we, like life takes the back of our head and just puts us right into the abyss and says, Here, here's space. And, and oftentimes, I think that what people see is just a, a reflection of themselves in, in a way of maybe the things that they haven't liked or the mistakes. They can get kind of caught in like a, a blame cycle where they're kind of blaming the other person or maybe they're blaming themselves, cycling between like guilt and innocence. But beyond that, in that space, there's a real opportunity to actually begin to author something new. But there's some steps that happen that I, I believe need to happen before we can start just immediately recovering from a breakup. I think that there's a hero's journey that we're being invited into by life when a chapter ends. And that means we have to go into the darkness. We have to go into our own darkness to, to find the treasure. 
Yeah, I love that. I want to come back to that metaphor, but I'm just I'm having this image as we're talking about this breakup. It's like it's almost like when you when you go to watch a movie or you are watching a play or something like that. Yeah, you get the cast of characters in the beginning, and then if all of a sudden the cast of characters were to disappear and you were to just be left with maybe the hero, all of a sudden, how like off putting that would be for the observer. Like we had this expectation that we understood what the narrative arc of this thing was. And now all of a sudden we lost the narrative arc and we'll need to reorient as the person. And that was just, that was coming up as you were talking about this, like what happens as we like have this vision for the future of what things are looking like. And, and understandably that's like a very uncomfortable place for everybody to be, to like, lose the thread of the narrative of your reality all of a sudden, again, whether it was good, bad, ugly, whatever we were, there was certainty in it. And I think that's just like a really interesting thing because the hero usually has to make the decision to go into the unknown Mm. in, in the hero myth, you know what I mean? Where like they have to go, they've decided that they're going to leave the certainty of the village to go fight the, the Mongolians or whatever those, you know, whatever the situation is like who have come to attack the city. So we're going to leave behind what we know is safe and secure. And usually there's like a choice that the hero has to make to go do that. And what, what's interesting with a breakup or with a, you know, a firing or something like that is that we're sort of like thrust into the unknown mm-hmm. without really a say in it. So I think that's really interesting kind of metaphorical landscape for us to play in. Absolutely. In, in a way, see, it, it, it creates that crucible. It throws us into the crucible, whether we <laughs> want to or not, yeah. you know? Well, we can resist it. We can resist it in a breakup. I mean, I've seen people resist the call. And one way they resist the call, we were talking about this off offline was, but I've had made the connection is someone who is unwilling to say, go no contact or go into the unknown, holding on to the past, desperately trying to hang on to the last chapter, judging it, judging themselves, going, doing what they can to numb out and to escape the feeling of loss. Like that's one way in which we resist the call in that crucible. Totally. And I just want to lay out a couple more of those, the the things to be on the lookout for that you might be quote unquote numbing out, right? Because mm-hmm. blaming is one of the ways that we'll do that. Yeah. Kind of creating all the, all the reasons about the situation. Convincing is another way that we'll try to numb out. Like, wait, let me convince you that you're made the wrong decision or, or, or things like that. Right. So I think other than just like the obvious numbing outs where we'll like maybe turn to drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever your addiction of the moment might be in that moment, in that time, how we could like tune out. But there are also these other like psychological ways because it's very painful to accept that we had anything to do with. And I think this is part of how our brain tries to protect us. Yeah. It's very painful to accept that we might've been the one who created a situation in our life. So it's, it's so much easier to say, oh, well, they just didn't have the thing. You, your expectations were too high or like whatever the story might be in that moment. But that's one of, these are the ways that are, we're trying to like play this hide and go seek game with ourselves where we're trying to protect ourselves from the growth opportunity that we might actually have in front of us. I think. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that. And I think it's so important to name the, the convincing piece and the rationalization and the the blaming. Something that I see people do is, and I've done that. God, I've been here so many times after breakups. I mean, even knowing this and then witnessing my physiology and my mind go to this place, but it's imagine like a figure eight, one side's guilt, one side's innocence. And I go into guilt and I think, okay, it's their problem. They didn't show up. This is a shortcoming on their part. They, they didn't see me in this way. And they're the problem. And then I get to occupy the polarity of innocence. I'm innocent in this. It's, it's their fault. They didn't see my value. 
And then when I was set up, yeah, I was set up. And then all of a sudden when (laughs) that gets exhausting, or let's just say that I start to no longer be able to buy my own bullshit, I slip over into, wait a second. No, I'm the one to blame, but not from a place of how am I creating this with curiosity and compassion and allowing myself to make mistakes on the journey, but from a place of, wow, I must be broken. Self-judgment. Yeah. I'm I'm broken. I'm inadequate. What's wrong with me? What happened in childhood that I actually can't be healed? Do people really change? Oh my God. And then from that place of blaming myself and making them innocent, then I slip back into the other way. And that's, this is a cycle of numbing. This is a cycle of not being able to transcend that. And something that I want to want to name here that I, I think is just important to to point out in this what can feel like such an isolating experience is that the beauty of breakups, transitions that are outside of our control, and this can still happen in when when we're choosing it, is that we are confronted with a like the floodgate opens of all of these accusations that we have about ourselves that have been quietly sitting in the background that the relationship or the circumstance has been insulating us against from seeing. And so mm-hmm. when the breakup happens, all of our inner doubt and accusations come out and it just like rage over us like a river. This is an incredible opportunity totally. to do the work. If you are in this place, oh. this is the time to hire a coach. This is the time to get into deep conversation where you can have a someone who is a mirror helping you parse through and resubstantiate on the other side of this, a more whole and complete person. So if you're going through that situation, you're noticing the self-hate and the blame and the, 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 the self-accusation, know that this is very normal. This is a very human thing to do. And it's all it's doing is revealing these unhealed wounds that can now have an opportunity to be transcended. Do you agree totally. with, do you agree with that? I- have you experienced that yourself too? Yeah, absolutely. And because I was going to say, and that's, that's even one, because we didn't talk about this when we were talking about when to leave a relationship, but that's uh, sometimes that thing that you're talking about is the reason why it's so hard to leave a relationship in the first place is because that's going to happen afterwards. We're going to be confronted with all of the floodgate of emotions. And sometimes it's easier, even the relationship itself winds up being a numbing mechanism to protect us from experiencing all of the stories of inadequacy and self-doubt and all of those things that we've been like trying to use somebody else's affection or goodwill or whatever as like a way to like shore up the, (laughs) the levy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that doesn't come flooding over us. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's like, it's uncomfortable. I mean, I want, I want to speak into the world that that is not, it's not an easy thing to do to use these moments of extreme turbulence as a tool for our own self-development. Like it's not comfortable and it's not easy to do. It's why it is so helpful to have somebody else along with you on the journey, somebody to kind of mirror back to you. And like, even like we've talked before, one of the roles of a coach is like to create that safe space, right? To have the conversation and to be seen just being human because so, so much is like, we find ourselves in a place of like some sort of fundamental unacceptability. Like we're just like unacceptable as a human being. And that's not true. That's just not true. You are not unacceptable as a human being. Whoever you are listening to this right now, you are not unacceptable as a human being. That's never been the case. It's impossible for that to be true. But the story that we'll tell is about that. And so to have a container where you can be accepted as who you are and you can learn to accept yourself as who you are I think it's really, really useful, really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of shooting into that, that period of like the uneasiness and 
the 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 difficulty of of this. I don't think that it's supposed to be easy. I think that it's this grit and this pain is not something that I would encourage people to try to kind of like run through the tunnel to the light as quickly as they can and get to a place where they're making the breakup the best opportunity of their entire life. Like actually, no, you, it, this, this freaking sucks. This sucks. This is a, this is a difficult situation. This is a, one of those situations that may bring you to your knees in ways that just decimate and destroy you. And, and when the more that you can lean towards that and trust that, I mean, Pima Chodron talks about this and when things fall apart, she's got this quote, she says that only through continually exposing ourselves to annihilation can that which is permanent in us be found. And I think that quote really just can give a encouragement and an invitation to, to lean into the loss to feel the loss, to not rationalize it and just be like, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm better, I'm better without them. Or, you know, now I can't wait what I'm going to be able to create, but actually go into and allow- Which are, which are also numbing mechanisms. Numbing mechanisms, exactly. Those are, those are more numbing mechanisms, right? I'm yeah. better without them. That's a story that's a numbing mechanism. Right, right. But to feel the loss, to actually allow your your heart to be just cracked open. And, you know, I was having this this experience the other day. I've heard something to this, this let's see, with there was a quote that, I think it's by the prophet. Bill Gibran. Gibran, yeah. There was a the, on joy and grief. And they talk about that the more that you're ex- willing to experience grief, the more that you are willing to experience a joy. And that the deeper you can go into grief, you carve yourself out to be able to hold the container of joy. And I think the same thing goes for like your capacity to feel the loss and to then create a container for you to actually love more fully the next round, to love yourself more fully. So the more that you are willing to experience loss, the more that you are exp- willing to experience, the more that you will have the capacity to experience love moving forward. And so if we circumvent the loss and rationalize out of it, we're closing our heart to the experience. And I think that will have consequences in who we choose. It will have consequences in the ty- types of risks that we're willing to take, the ways in which we're willing to uplevel our life, because we'll be closed down and collapsed to ever experiencing loss again. So we end up playing smaller and smaller with each iteration later on. I'd love to ask a follow-up question because I'm now I'm, I'm getting curious. When is it time to, so that feeling of the, the tenderness, the breaking of the heart open, that sort of thing. I, I noticed in people, not everyone, but in some people, a tendency to get stuck mm. in that and to dwell, to take up residence in that heart brokenness. What, yeah. what would you say? When's, how, how do we know when it's, when it's time to, do, to let that go, that heartbrokenness yeah. feeling. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think the the letting go of the heartbrokenness feeling happens naturally as a result of truly feeling it. And I think that the dwelling is oftentimes actually a way in which we're still resisting the experience, a way in which we're in it, but we're judging ourselves in it. And we're taking the position of being a victim rather than actually experiencing it as just a fundamental experience of being human. There's a way I, which I can be in the heartbreak and I can truly feel the sadness of it, but there's another way in which I can be in the heartbreak and be resisting it and feeling like a victim and saying, why me? And I think that it gets stuck and we end up dwelling on it when we're in it from a place of why me? Mm. And I don't deserve this. And life is against me. That's where I think we get stuck. Mm. Really interesting. Yeah. Mm. That's really interesting. I love that. I'm, I'm sort of 
in reverie because I'm thinking about when I lost my grandfather and what the experience was like for me where, you know, there was like a moment, there was like grief for, you know, the losing of this relationship, this person that had been so important to me in my life. Yeah. And, and I, I did, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was stuck in the grief of it. There were like, there were tears, there was sadness. There was like, you know, even now, like sometimes I'll just like think about my grandpa and how much I loved the guy and what he contributed to my life and who he was as a person, just like appreciation of it. And there'll be like sadness, the, you know, this emotional welling up that happens. Yeah. I really like hearing that distinction, this sort of like getting trapped in more the story about like, this shouldn't have been this way something like that. Like it should have been otherwise and that that's where we can get trapped and stuck is in the thoughts around the the grief. Like I shouldn't be experiencing this. Why did this happen to me? Like, woe is me? This should, these things shouldn't happen. Good people shouldn't experience bad things. Like wh- whatever the story is that, that winds up getting in the way. Yeah. And I almost wonder, it's, it's interesting because that almost feels like a little bit of a, it's such a, it's such a counterintuitive thing, but that almost feels like a little bit of a numbing experience too. It's almost like there's this drug of like, woe is me, or, you know, it, it should be otherwise. And if I can just resist it enough, <laughs> the world will change itself to shape to my, like mm. my unwillingness. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. A, such an interesting experience. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up in that personal experience. You know, as we're talking about this and we're talking about death, like I think what happens within me too is, you know, I had, I experienced a loss of my father when I was 18 and it was relatively, I mean, it was a pain, it was a very painful experience. And I still feel like at times there's some grief that I move through and some just kind of shock and awe about it. And I also noticed too, like, I know that there's people that have lost children and have lost people unexpectedly and the kind of grief that can get released there. It just feels like such deep waters that, you know, to, to say, you know, Hey, feel your feelings and move through it and come out the other side. You know, I have, I have no recommendation on how long that takes in terms of timing. I I think that some things can, can last, they can stick with us for such a long time. And, you know, one maybe invitation in this, and I can just pull this out of a page in my own book of just experiencing devastating heartbreak and loss is like, is there a way in which we can turn towards all of the pain, all of the the depth of feeling, the overwhelmingness of it? And is there a way we can find beauty in it? Is there a way that we can not try to change it, but actually look at it as like, this is, this is being alive. This is like the human experience. And how can we actually see it as just the, the, the muck of life being beautiful and not judging it as negative, mm-hmm. but this is just like maybe a choice that we've made before we can even remember to come here and experience it. And I think that takes uh, another layer of meaning around it. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I, I think that what we're talking about are some pretty sacred, deep experiences that I cannot even begin to pretend to have the answers to around some of uh, some of the loss. And yeah, it's like, how can we bring in some type of like, like seeing this from a place of like beauty and art and um, being, being hit by the experience, feeling alive, realizing that maybe the point of being alive and being human is to feel everything, not just to feel one vector of emotions or colors, but to feel everything. Yeah. And I'm like thinking about how this kind of really relates to like our freedom as human beings, Mm. because I think about like the, the, the extremities of grief that happen and, you know, like a a mother losing a child, for instance, and just like, you you see archetypally this sort of shutting down of everything and withdrawing. And if that continues indefinitely, 
there will also be another death mm. that will follow of the mother. The mother will follow mm-hmm. the child. And I think, I think that's one of the risks of, well, risks. I mean, wh- whatever. It depends on your philosophical perspective. Like, are we here to protect life or not? I mean, wh- whatever. But, but I think that it, that can be one of the risks of like not somehow figuring out for ourselves a way to process the grief to, to move through that grief because at, at its extremity, grief shuts our bodies down and we don't eat. We don't sleep. You know what I mean? And that, that is antithetical to life. Yeah. And so even if it doesn't, even if there's somebody there to feed you, you know, to keep you alive, we have essentially stopped living in that way. And so I, I think that's some of why this is such an interesting conversation and why I think it's so important and meaningful is because Freedom does mean life, mm. if nothing else. At its core level, at its base level, freedom requires life. Mm. And only from life can we talk about anything that we might do with that life. And so I, I just I think there's just there's something here that's really important for us to ponder and relate to and connect with and understand and yeah. feel. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, you know? man. And like I you're talking about freedom, freedom being life. And I, and it's almost like that life is being alive and being alive is feeling. And so the more that we can give ourselves freedom to feel everything, the more free we become as human beings. That's the, that, ah, that is beautiful. Yeah. The freedom to feel anything at all. I think that is like, that is like real power. Yeah. And think about how that relates to the finding a relationship in the first place. Like if you're willing to feel anything to in, in pursuit of finding a relationship, well, then you can have the door slammed in your face an infinite number of times. And you'd be willing to experience the guilt, shame and rejection of that and keep moving, right? Starting a business. It's so powerful to be willing to experience anything. Cause if you're willing to have those sales conversations and lose, right. And do it over and over and over again, you'll learn so much. The value that you get from going through the process of trying and being willing to feel, not to protect yourself, not to figure out ways so that you can do it where you don't feel. Cause that's what I think a lot of people play is like, how can I play this game and not experience rejection? Right. And it's like, well, no, what if you just were free to experience rejection and you played the game, right? Mm. Cause it's so much power, so many results, so much cool stuff can happen if you're willing to do that. And I think that's such a just such, such an important distinction to make. Yeah. Profound, profound. I love it. Yeah. So the more that you, the more courage you have to feel everything, the more courage you have to go after anything. Exactly. Free yeah. yourself up for anything. Yeah. Well, we didn't really get to like self-care afterwards. I feel like we talked about some of these things mm. kind of want a little bit deeper, but any final thoughts before we, we wrap here around self-care specifically or around what we've talked about Just around what we've talked about with yeah. breakups and what it means to lose things in our lives. That sort of thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, one final thought would be is that when we're in these experiences that tear our heart open, we are literally experiencing something that we can't pay for. Money cannot buy heartbreak, which is incredible. So you're actually going through a priceless experience and you very well may be going through a curriculum that is akin to a PhD of your own inner world and sense of self. And so if we can orient towards it in in that manner, it might make the journey a little bit more graceful and allow us to be a little bit more curious about what life is is giving us that may serve us 
Oh, I love it, man. Well, also, I do want to, I think it's important for us to note that you, this is an area of specialty in your coaching. Yeah. So for, if anybody listening is actually going through a breakup or is in that time, that, that space where it might be time for a breakup in reality, you are so powerful at this stuff. I just know from personal experience and from mm. all of our time together. So I just Thank like, you, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to this. If that is something that's in a phase of your life right now, like reach out to Clayton. He is amazing at this stuff. He's like truly masterful. And so I just want to appreciate that. that. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for that reflection. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude. Great conversation. I really appreciate as usual, the way that you show up in these conversations and I hope people are getting great value and listening to this stuff. Thanks so much for listening to the shift to freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.